Warning. What you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, hello again, friends. This is Carter Volkswagen. Joining me is Elon Greenspan. And you're listening to the Refuse Bin Movie Hour here on NPR. This just got even better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, should we get into this? Yeah. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Trash Heap Podcast. It's me, Elliot, joined as always by Keith Vance. Oh, baby. What's going on, Keith? Not much. There's a global pandemic. Uh, The Ruskies are uh, threatening to encroach on foreign borders. Uh, We're all getting rich quickly from these pump and dump schemes like NFTs and Bitcoin. Wait, you're getting rich from that? Oh, hell yeah, brother. We're we're doing it like we did in the 80s. Everybody getting rich, wearing suits and doing designer drugs and... uh, the Cold War is back on. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right about some of that stuff. But sure. in addition to that, yes, we got a little birthday to celebrate. Oh, Keith, that's really soft, thoughtful. But my birthday's not till August. <laughs> not you, dummy. The show, the Trashy what? Podcast, celebrating 50 episodes. <laughs> the, the the show your parents didn't want you to listen listen to. Your, the show your you didn't want sent you to detention for. Uh, talking about it at school, the podcast they said couldn't be done, and here we are, f- four or five years later, <laughs> hitting the milestone, <laughs> incredible milestone of 50 episodes. I think everyone said this podcast could be done. I think they said it shouldn't be done. I, I feel like they said anybody could do it. I feel like they're like, this is well within your capabilities to, pre- to create a poorly produced podcast. Yeah, I think uh, uh, by comparison... Uh, a preteen child could probably execute something on a similar level these days. But that's the fun thing about art and entertainment is it doesn't matter if you can. It only matters if you do it. And we fucking did it. We did. I mean, what is this whole show about, right? It's about underrated movies. It's about people, movies that overlook. You, this could get real meta. Someday there might be a podcast about overlooked podcasts yeah and we'll be be numero uno on that countdown and and people be like yeah it's bad but so what but they won't say it's so bad it's good they'll just say it's bad but extremely listenable at least some episodes some more than others well we got so we got what are we going to do today we're going to talk about how we got here where we started yeah we're going to talk about the long and dusty road from episode zero all the way to episode 50 but, you know, before we get into that, I do kind of want to talk about, I mean, like, the last show we had was was at the end of 2021, right? Correct? Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. It's Happy New the Year. The year 2022. This is the um, future, pal. And I would like to talk about just a little bit of the summation of 2021, because we never really did that. We never did, like, a what was your favorite movies, least favorite movies, the, you know, ups and downs of the of the year. Uh, media-wise. So I'd like to talk a little bit about that if you're game. Yeah, and I love hearing your picks and your lists because, unfortunately, I do not stay current. And so I'm usually a year, a full year behind. And a lot of the movies, I mean, I watched some movies from uh, 2021, 
but a lot of movies that I watched came out either uh, the year prior or even the year prior to that. Well, I'm the same with that a lot of time too, particularly these days, because, you know, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I am much more inclined to see a movie, you know, if I see it in the theater. And if I don't see it in the theater, it might be years until I actually actually do. And I've only yeah. seen a whopping two movies in the theater since uh, everything hit the fan. So this year, I think I made a, a little bit of a conscious effort more to, to see more stuff. And it was a little bit easier, you know, with like particularly with like the Warner Brothers HBO thing where they could just they were just dropping all the same stuff on the same day and whatnot. So I caught a lot of them that way. Yeah, and since we're filthy, stinking rich now, it used to be like only people who were well off and like worked at the bank or some shit could afford HBO. Yeah. Like there's that line in Gremlins where <laughs> Judge Reinhold is hitting on Phoebe Cates and he's like, hey, why don't you come over to my place? We're talking cable. <laughs> and he's wearing like a full suit and like a like a long trench coat. Those were the days, right? Yeah. Now I'm wearing, uh, you know, twenty dollar Target sweatpants, and I'm like, "Come on, we're talking HBO Max. Let's go." And then it turns out you just have the commercial, the cheaper commercial brand, and she's like, "I'm out." Yeah. Well, yeah, I had a, I had some movies that were highlights for me of the year. Um, I had some, some also a few real downers. You want to start with our least favorite or most favorite? Why don't you start with the movies? Move the movies that blew it. That blew it. Okay. Yep. These are my. One, two, three, four most hated movies. Because actually, I didn't see a lot of movies that I actively hated this year of yeah. new movies anyway. Um, I saw plenty of just kind of like, yeah, that's fine. I saw a handful of really good ones. Uh, but my least favorite movies this year, Coming to America 2. Oh, wow. I wasn't re- expecting great things from it. Uh, I love the original and it's just it's a it's just a, it just seems like a grossly incompetent movie. I feel like um, that's the story with a lot of these sort of modern sequels that have yeah. you know decades in between like it's difficult to recapture the magic and you know people are making movies in a completely different way so I think that mm-hmm. calls for different stories. Right. You know what I mean? And I- and I agree with you, and that's why I went into it with like pretty low expectations. I just didn't expect it to scrape so far to the bottom of the of the barrel. It's not even like a competently made movie. It seems like a like a bad TV movie from the eighties, you know, Ooh. like the like the Return to Gilligan's Island or something. Yeah. So that's that's pretty low for me. Uh, the Matrix Resurrections, or Resurrection, is it Resurrection or Resurrections? Uh, Resurrections. Uh... Now I will say a, a caveat to its badness. Like I didn't hate it when it started out. It progressively got worse, and I would say this movie is like two hours and thirty, two hours and forty minutes long. If you cut an hour out of the movie, it would be fine. It wouldn't be good, but it would be fine. But it just spends so much time getting worse and worse and worse and worse as it goes along that I just can't stomach it. Yeah, I think it's kind of a shame, honestly, because I think. As an exercise, it's very interesting. And I think in in five, ten years, I think people will look at it and they'll look at it as more of a like a scream type movie. And like as yes. a meta commentary on the genre and filmmaking, all these things, there's there's a lot going for it. But in terms of like when it showed up for people to watch and what their expectations were and what they were hoping for. 
it completely missed. And I, I mean, I think there's enough sort of a lore to it and subtext, like the the Lana Wachowski kind of and the motivation and interaction with the studio and all that. Like, there's so much going on with it that it will become this sort of like legendary kind of film. There are a lot of people who like it though, and reading their like on Letterboxd, reading their opinions and reviews and what they liked about it is really interesting to me. And I'm glad that so many people did enjoy it and are seeing it through different eyes. So I wasn't mad at it, but yeah, like you, I did not really enjoy it, unfortunately. I agree with you to, like, to largely in that statement. Like I wasn't mad at it and I agree with you in terms of like, it's an interesting exercise. And that's why when it began, I was like, okay, I'm not in love with this movie, but I'll, it's, let's see where this goes. You know, it's like, I, I like some of the ideas that are going on. I think there are elements of the movie that I do like quite a bit. I like the, the way that uh, Morpheus is like kind of uh, repurposed in this storyline. I really like um, the actor who plays him, uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateed, Mateen. Um, I think he does a really good job of, uh, you know, not to give, I, does it matter if we spoil it? I don't know. He's like, he's not really Morpheus. He's a computer program that's half Morpheus, half Agent Smith. Um, and he does a really good job of like, kind of like recreating this character that's familiar yet unique to its own. There's yeah, there's definitely some interesting ideas going on, but it just kind of goes nowhere, and it goes nowhere for so long. And there was, I mean, we could do a whole episode on it, honestly, about just like what kind of a unique disaster it is. Yeah, you know what's funny is I keep comparing a lot of movies to Terminator Genesis, mm -hmm. and this is no exception because they did that thing that Terminator Genesis, while panned and disregarded by so many people is sort of historically is being proven to be a better and better film as the way it went back and revisited the previous movies and interacted with them was ex actually executed pretty well and in a fun and creative way. This movie tried to do a similar thing uh, and maybe didn't have such uh, uh, as good a result. Well, let's also just talk about the fact that this movie is an action movie and the action is terrible. Is it, though? It's pretty bad. It's really bad. I mean, there's a couple okay action scenes. Most of it is bad. And I'd be fine if you didn't, if you had a, a sequel to The Matrix that wasn't an action movie at all. You know, if it was just like uh, a straight-up drama or thriller or whatever, I would be fine with that as long as it was done well. But it's this is still, you know, presenting itself as an action movie, putting in several action scenes, and the majority of them are awful, particularly, unfortunately, like, Keanu Reeves' scenes, because all he's doing in the entire movie is just, like, doing the whole, like, I'm stopping bullets routine. Like, he's not doing any fighting or anything. I'm sure he's not as limber as he was when he made the first ones, but, I mean, like, we've seen the John Wick movies. He can still deliver, you know? Well, and that's the weird part, right? I said, is it, and referring to, is this an action movie? And is that action being so poor and less of a focus? Is that sort of a reaction against the fans taking this and running with this as like landmark action and kind of missing the philosophical points and intent? You know what I mean? Well, it's I mean, like, I don't think... As, as far as like the creator intent, like that's what is so interesting to me is like, was this supposed to be an action movie? Or was this like, we're just throwing this shit in because uh, 
that's all you guys care about, but like the actual point is all this other stuff that is way more important. Well, I mean, regardless of why they threw it in, like they threw it in and it wasn't very good. So I agree with you that it shouldn't have been an action movie, but it was, and that's the problem, you yeah. know? Like the first three are undeniably action movies, and even if you don't like Reloaded or Revolutions, you can't, you, you can, you, everyone will agree that there are some good action set pieces in it you know and that's and, another reason why like re, we we talked about the matrix reloaded in a, a full episode but one of the reasons i like that movie is the action sequences are sparse but man are they strong like they stick yeah. out they're very the yeah. chateau fight scene and the car chase on the freeway are extremely memorable yes 100 percent. anyways yeah let's not get too wrapped up in the <laughs> yeah like you said that could be its own fucking thing just yeah. talk um so to its credit it's very interesting it's to interesting. talk about i mean like i said it's one of my least favorite movies of the it's one of i put on my worst movies of the year list but i do want to watch it again so yeah i mean like it has some sort of you know, give it credit where credit's due and then my last two are my are my near tie for most hated movie of the year i'm having trouble deciding which one i like less it's between The Suicide Squad and The Eternals. Oh, nice. Um, now, as every I, everyone knows, if they've listened to the show, I'm a fan of comic book movies. I have, I'm not like a snob who doesn't enjoy them and thinks that they're ruining cinema. No, but you're an old-timer who's like, well, Dick Tracy is the finest comic book movie ever made. I have never said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I never will say that. Back when I was reading Bazooka Joe comics and opened a detective agency, well, that was our, our favorite character. Uh, I hate both of these movies. I hate The Eternals. I hate Suicide Squad. Uh, I hate the fact that people are go like, oh, no, The Suicide Squad is, like, good now. It's better than The Last Suicide Squad. And while maybe, yeah, technically it's a little bit better, it's still bad. Um I'm having trouble deciding which one I dislike more because when it comes to the Eternals, like I come to the thing about with like the Marvel movies is that you should at least be, at this point be expecting competent, entertaining movies, even if they're not that great. You know, like you you should be able to go see a, a, something from the MCU and be like, I had a fun time at the theater. I had a fun time watching this at home. You know, with the lights down low and you know uh, some snacks. This is this movie is painful. It's dull. Like it is without question the worst MC MCU movie in my opinion. And oh God, I I would have stopped watching it, and I only the only reason why I didn't is because since all these movies are connected, it's like there might be something important that I have to know for another movie coming up later. Um, if you want to get a, I'm not going to go into the details of just how poorly mo this movie made is, but there's a, a YouTube channel called Cosmonaut Variety Hour, and they do a really good video, like quick, like eight, 10 minute video on how inept this movie is, is, and this is from an Oscar winning director, FYI. Um, and it's just like, seems like it was, you know, it's like a big budget student film where someone's like, I'm going to make the arty Marvel movie and it is bad. While technically the Suicide Squad is a better made movie, I think I hate what it is in essence more than what I hate the Eternals is. Because the Eternals was poorly made and ridiculous. It is at least ambitious. And the Suicide Squad is just like one of those like edgy for edgy sakes types movies. Like this isn't your daddy's 
Suicide Squad movie. No, it's a, and it's a reaction against kind of the, the the standard superhero movie yeah. of the modern era, right? And it's a, a style of movie that you and I have seen over and over again since we were teenagers. Right. right. Like when we were young and rebellious, those are the types of movies like that attitude and the cartoon violence and, you know, oh, criminals as reluctant heroes and all this stuff like that idea and notion was fresh in the 90s. And maybe for a lot of people, it is now. But for a couple of a couple of cultured fellas like us, you know, we're uh, we're I think we're past that. Right. Well, it's also too. It's just like you know, the Suicide Squad was directed by James Gunn, who made the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and Slither. And Slither, yeah, and and uh, wrote Dawn of the, the Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah, so this yeah, guy's, and- he's no slouch. He's no slouch, but you you just know that the way I envision the pitch for this movie, you know, is like, okay, guys, we got the Suicide Squad, but it's going to be like Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're going to say fuck. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that but that the, was the, it's funny because you're looking at that as like the, the sort of downfall, but, you know, studio, the, whoever was greenlighting this movie was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what we want from a marketing standpoint. Right. Exactly. And that's why and that's why I just hate the conceit of what it is more than the Eternals. Well, I think probably unfortunately the Eternals is the worst movie. I have a tro- I I don't want to say that it is just because I I think the Eternals was at least trying to do something more creative and different and just failing miserably and the Suicide Squad is just kind of schlock. I'll tell you something. It thinks it's way cooler than it is. The Eternals is an interesting one. I didn't see it. I'm not going mm-hmm. to see it. Yeah, uh, and I'll tell you why because when I was a kid and first started getting into comics, the Eternals had just uh, was pretty fresh still, and it was not cool, and it was not mm-hmm. interesting, and like a lot of these Marvel properties, it was sort of like corny and like a remnant of like old comic creators, like writers and artists. It was very much in the like seventies sci fi vein. Uh, meanwhile, uh, newer comics were doing something completely different. And so as a kid, I was just, it was a snooze and I had no interest in it. Same with like Iron Man and a lot of these even more popular characters. So to to Marvel's credit, they put a fresh spin on a lot of like very corny and dull and, and not interesting characters. But I think they're at the point where they're going to start throwing out certain properties that just aren't going to hit they're going to fall yeah. flat on their face and uh it's going to be less of a sort of a home run every time that historically it has been oh i mean like not to not to go on forever on this but just to give you an idea of just how incompetent the filmmaking is so the whole there's a big reveal in the eternals and the, like the eternals think that they're they're on earth to protect earth from like these weird like space demons and they've been sent there by the celestials uh yeah, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is, the big reveal is that the Eternals are there to protect Earth, to keep it safe, so that eventually a Celestial can be born from the core of Earth, therefore, and destroying Earth in its process. And when these characters, so this one character who's, a, who's like one of the Eternals finds this out, it turns out that her memory has been wiped from the past, and she's done this numerous times 
and the Celestial explaining it to her. This is all within the same scene, within a, with a few minutes of each other. So the Celestial explaining this process says, once every, billions, once every billion years, a Celestial is born. And this is the process in which it happens, destroying the planet. And then he says to her, you've done this for me before. You've helped me for millions of years, born millions of Celestials. Or maybe it's not millions of Celestials, but for millions of years, you've helped me with this process, which you just said minutes ago that this happens once every billion years. So how could you have helped someone multiple times over the span of a million years if it only happens once every billion? This is the level of incompetence that they, they, they didn't even fact check that one <laughs> line of dialogue in this one singular scene. It's not something that happens 12 hours later in the movie, you know, like, oh, crap, it's too late. We fucked it up. It's like it's in the same fucking scene. Someone was reading the dialogue and was just like, wait a minute. Like, is this a typo? It says billions. But then right over like two, two, two seconds later, it says million. Like how it doesn't add up. This is precisely the moment in the show where I'm going to add in that bit from The Simpsons where that nerd complains about uh, Itchy and Scratchy playing the ribcage like a xylophone and uh, okay, the, the, yeah. note, the note being wrong. <laughs> look, look, obviously in these movies, there's like, you're just like... In episode 2F09, when Ichi plays Scratchy's skeleton like a xylophone, he strikes the same rib twice in succession, yet he produces two clearly different tones. I mean, what are we, to believe that this is some sort of uh, <laughs> a magic xylophone or something? Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. This is just a little too much, you know? If you're upset about the, the math, then... More power to you, sir. Well, that's the thing. Math still exists in this world. You know, I can accept magic, you know, r magic robots if that's a thing. But in magic robots, unless they have their own special math and they tell you they have their own special math, they still have to abide by the standard Earth math system. Bro, it's quantum mechanics. It's over Whatever. your head. You're right. You're right. Okay, you're right. Uh, I only have a couple of really... Movies that have really bothered me. Real stinkers. Yeah. Uh, one being from, from the actual year of 2021, and one of them is uh, Mortal Kombat, unfortunately. Oh, I started that and got like 15 minutes in, and I was like, I don't need to watch this. Yeah, it's uh, it's no good. And I know a lot of people liked it, and for a variety of reasons, that's great. I, man, they, they tried to level up the fighting and the production value and everything, and... Um, somehow just completely missed the mark and i get why they they focused on the story between scorpion sub-zero whatever that's fine uh it's all fine but uh i thought it was a big big f minus i'm looking i mean uh yeah matrix resurrections we already talked about unfortunately mm -hmm. and then the other one that uh got kind of my lowest rating of the year was uh malignant most of it, I was just sort of scratching my head. And there is one scene, the scene where uh, the twin emerges, the sort of surveillance video, uh, I think is actually like incredible and almost saved the movie. But the rest of it was just like, just total nonsense for me. So, well, for me, that's like a total nonsense movie where I had a lot of fun with it. Like, it, it, it presents things that make no sense, like the, uh, on the level of just like the billion years, million year thing from uh, the the Eternals, but no, like is self aware that it's insane, you know? Yeah, and I I appreciate the fact that it was essentially just like a horror mixtape, 
It's mm-hmm. like, oh, remember this this from that movie and remember that from that movie? And here's a spooky hospital on a cliffside uh, with a hybrid car pulling up to it for no reason. You know, It's no almost one... like, a, I mean, it's a James Wan movie, and it's almost like a James Wan movie mixtape. It seems to reference every single movie he's made, including Aquaman, you know? Yeah, and that's and cool. Like, I imagine he know? had a lot of fun making it, so good for him. But I yeah. only had a, a, a minor amount of fun watching it, so... That's perfectly fair. Like I said, I really enjoyed that movie for what it was, uh, but I could totally see someone being like, "This is dog shit." Yeah, it made me it made me laugh a few times, and that's about it. But quick rundown of favorite movies. I'm not going to go into them too far. There's I'll say there's a few I haven't from last year that I really want to see that I haven't seen yet, like Antlers and Lamb and Nightmare Alley and Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> so none. Like, I don't know if they would end up on my list of favorite movies of 2021. I'm just saying, like, I want to mention that they probably, they, they need, I wanted to watch those before I, I compiled this and I had, did not have time. So, quick rundown Pig, Candyman, Spider Man, No Way Home, The Fear Street Trilogy, The Green Knight, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, The Nobody, or is it just Nobody? No, it's just, it's just Nobody. No, it's just Nobody. <laughs> Dune and Bad Trip. Wow. Are my favorite movies of 2021. Holy shit, man. I have a much more boring list than that. Oh yeah, but that's on pretty me. good. You got a lot of a lot of beefy stuff in there. Some stuff I have seen, some I have I have not seen uh Pig or Candyman. Oh man, you got to watch Candyman. Or a Spider-Man. I'm gonna I'm gonna I swear I'm gonna Uh man, my list is super lame by comparison. In fact, I mean, there's there's like a documentary on there. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, I mean, some of mine are pretty obvious. You know, like Dune, Spider Man. Like you know, like yeah, I like the movies that everybody likes. Yeah, the funny thing about those Spider Man movies, though, I can see why you know people might be have differing viewpoints on a uh, Dune, but those Andrew Garfield. Wait, is it Andrew? No, no, no. It's a uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland. The Tom Holland Spider Man movies are really good. They're excellent. Not just like good Spider-Man movies, but just like good movies to watch, like yeah. interesting and entertaining and rewarding and fulfilling on a, like a lot of level. It's wild. Well, here's what's amazing about them. I don't think it's any secret at this point. I'm not going to go like give away specific spoilers, but I think it's no secret that like all the characters from the previous non Tom Holland Spider-Man movies show up in this one because of the metaverse or whatever, and we get to meet all the. Uh, characters we've seen before from the Tobey Maguire and and uh, Andrew Garfield movies. And this movie makes me care about things that happened in, say, the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies that I, that I actively dislike. But this movie makes me care about the, them retroactively. And that's pretty impressive. Yeah. That is. Like, that's a, a very... I mean, from a writing standpoint, that's an achievement. Mm-hmm. So, what's uh, on your list our, our hats off to whoever the fuck wrote that shit uh, well here's a big one that was a, a very much a surprise I didn't even know was coming out the Super Bob Einstein movie oh yeah I want so to the, see that the Super Bob Einstein movie is about uh, comedy legend uh, Super Dave Osborne which is his kind of his most famous character, also known as uh, Marty Funkhauser on Curb Your Enthusiasm. But this is a kind of a retrospective 
in a biography of his life and every bit of his existence was fascinating from his upbringing and childhood to how he got into comedy and how he eventually landed on the character of super dave osborne and then kind of everything that happened after that and into the modern era and uh you know even uh there there's sort of a lot of evidence that he laid the groundwork for kind of the jackass style uh kind of stunt performance comedy even though what he did was you know showbiz and he never actually hurt himself or anything like that but right. it's wild how his spoof of a daredevil would eventually come to fruition <coughs> in real life in the form of jackass so but just a really interesting guy and a really interesting look at a career that I didn't know all that much about. I knew Super Dave from the Super Dave Osborne cartoon and the TV show. But uh, that was a real a real surprise to me. And so that was one of my favorite movies of the year. Nice. Uh, I also like, here's some, these are kind of some oddball picks, but uh, I really liked uh, Being the Ricardos and uh, Don't Look oh, yeah? Up. I haven't watched either one of those yet. Being the Ricardos, though, you like you like that? Yeah, you know, I watched it just kind of apropos of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my mom wanted to watch it, and mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't really have any too much interest, and uh, I didn't think um, Nicole Kidman really had a lot to offer as Lucille Ball. But holy shit, what a movie! Really? Okay. Yeah, just like a very interesting story and. The portrayal of Lucille Ball as this sort of, like the way they interpret and illustrate her knack for comedy and her understanding and her process was like really captivating. Really? Okay. I'm, that makes me intrigued because I, I'm not opposed to the idea of a Lucille Ball biography movie, but the, the, the actual just previews of that did not grab me. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. So that was definitely one of my favorite. Don't Look Up, I think, was really funny and is the perfect successor to Idiocracy. Right, okay. That one is just definitely one that's been getting a lot of mixed back and forth, which I always kind of find intriguing, you know, more so than everyone liking or everyone hating. Like, like well, why do some people like this so much and some people hate it? You know? Yeah, and I can see why. Uh, some of it might be, you know, heavy-handed and... Uh, ham-fisted but i don't know i i definitely laughed a lot and i enjoyed a lot of it and uh i think the story of a essentially like a a no-name nobody college professor being thrust into a super critical government role is kind of a story that maybe hasn't been told too often mm-hmm. and so I, th- I think there's a lot there to uh, be interested in I really liked Ghostbusters. Uh, mm-hmm. That was definitely one of my favorites. I was pretty blown away by that, uh, surprisingly. And then uh, I like Green Knight. And uh, apparently Godzilla vs. Kong was one of my favorite movies of the year. I saw really? that back okay. in April, I guess. I didn't realize yeah. that, which is pretty cool. And then uh, the last movie I actually wanted. There's some more movies that I really liked, but uh, I want to mention VHS 94. Uh-huh. Uh, another entry in the very popular VHS found footage horror series. It's a series of anthology movies, if you don't know. But this one, 
this one has a really incredible opening sequence and uh, first story. Regardless of what happens uh, at the end or the subsequent stories, just based on the opening and the the initial story, uh, that was one of my favorites because it's something that I'm never going to forget as long as I live. Wow, that's 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 pretty. Uh, that's a big statement. It's pretty awesome. I and you know the the VHS series has been kind of uneven. Uh, I was actually a fan of the previous entry, VHS Viral, which is sort of, uh, you know, they sort of model each movie based on a different era of media. You know, it's called VHS, but the the found footage is sort of found on either like a videotape or a digital camera or on a cell phone or right. on the internet kind of thing. Uh, and, you know, this notion of found media and like a compilation of stories is really interesting in the anthology format. But uh, yeah, I thought this newest one definitely had some interesting business going on. It's worth watching uh, just once in your life, even if you never watch it again. Sure. Well, this is interesting. Cause like I, uh, I haven't, with the exception of Kong versus Godzilla, I haven't seen any of the movies you've, you've mentioned. So that gives me some stuff to check out. And same, like I'm still trying to catch up on a bunch of, a bunch of movies from the year and then also movies from before that like i gotta catch up on this goddamn uh, uh liam neeson snowplow movie oh my god i saw the ice truck movie but i didn't see the snowplow movie you know and i gotta i'm a completionist so i gotta watch all of that shit hell yeah <laughs> well, that's our summa- summation of 2021 in terms of movies but now it's time to s- have a summarize this podcast how we got here, where we started, where we're going, why we're still doing it. And before that, we're going to take a little break. Absolutely. We'll be be right back. There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City! Spatula City! A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with the gift of a spatula? Spatula City! Spatula City! Hello, this is Cy Greenbloom, president of Spatula City. I like their spatulas so much, I bought the company. Spatula City, seven locations. We're in the yellow pages under spatulas. My, where did you get that lovely spatula? Spatula City, we sell spatulas. And that's all. So, Keith, here we are back. As you just said before the break, we are going to be talking about some... um, some uh, some words, uh, some well wishes, some words from our peers, um, some reviews that we've gotten, and I've actually received uh, some celebrity reviews that I was wondering if you if I could read right now. Oh yeah, of course, I'd love to he- love to hear it. I was kind of shocked to, some, to find out who some of our listeners are, but so I have a handful here, three or four. I'd just like to give them a little read here. The first one, believe it or not, is actually from. Legendary director David Cronenberg, you know, who's given us such genre classics as The Fly, Scanners, Videodrome, Naked Lunch. 
Um, and this is what he had to say about the podcast. Uh, Dave, Dave Crony, I love him. He's an old, uh, he's salt of the earth type of guy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, uh, they, there should be a Bruce Springsteen song about him. <laughs> Listening to this podcast is the auditory equivalent of having a cancerous growth slowly develop inside of you until it painfully emerges as a pulsating phallic shaped creature with tentacles. I'm not actually... Is that a good review? Oh, without question. Coming from a guy like that, he's an imaginative, you know, artistic, uh, thoughtful, introspective guy. And I think from from the perspective of uh, Big Dave there, I think that's high praise. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure because I was just like, I don't know. That doesn't sound pleasant. But Yeah, he loves that stuff. I mean, he's got an affinity for those kinds of things. And thereby translating to uh, a very complimentary statement uh, towards the show. That's really okay. sweet of him to reach out. Uh, I definitely, yeah, definitely thoughtful to reach out one way or the other. Okay, this next one is definitely, I think, pretty high praise. I don't think you can, uh, you, you can interpret it otherwise. This is from actor Steven Weber, you might remember from the 90s uh, sitcom Wings. Uh, he had this to say. Uh, I was surprised to find out he was a fan as well, you know. The Trap Sheep is one of the best podcasts, period. Elliot and Keith routinely produce genre-defining content that taps directly into the cultural zeitgeist. If I had one criticism, it's that they have never done an episode on my 1997 movie Sour Grapes, written and directed by Larry David of Seinfeld fame. I mean, come on, guys. You haven't even mentioned my 1997 made-for-TV adaption of The Shining, the definitive adaption and definitive is underlined. So he really wanted me to, or wanted us to know that for sure. Wow. I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, can you imagine uh, the trash heap salute to Steven Weber? I mean, like, I, I, that could I be gold. I, I don't think I could imagine that actually. Also Steven, Steven Weber delivering lines written by Larry David, that sounds like a match made in heaven. So he, I, I think he's even been on a couple episodes of a Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, so, gonna, you know, I think we should get on that uh, right away. You know what? Like, thanks, thanks, Stephen. That's, this is good advice. You know, I, I'm a big Larry David fan, and I've never seen Sour Grapes, so maybe uh, it's, it's time for us to check that out. Yeah, thank now, you, those are, thank you, Steve-O. Those are from a couple uh, older guys, you know. I mean, not like super old, but older. But I was also... Def- pretty shocked to discover that we're pretty popular with the younger generation as well because we got one from tyler the creator uh amazing hip-hop artist occasional actor he had this to say about uh about our, our show the trash heap is my second favorite podcast after the best of car talk which collects episode highlights of the NPR radio program, which aired on NPR from 1987 to 2012 and was hosted by Click and Clack, the Tabbert brothers. I don't know if Elliot and Keith are brothers, but I do know I like listening to them talk awkwardly. You guys should come on my TV show, Loiter Squad. Psych. And there's an ellipsis and it says psych in all caps with an exclamation point. I don't know if the psych is because he doesn't actually want us to come on the show or because the show stopped airing in 2014. Um, but either way, you know... Uh, uh, That's so funny. He hit us with the psych. He got us, man. He, he did got get me. us. You I was like, what? oh. I was on the phone with MTV in the middle of a call, and then he, he said psych, and I was like, oh, shit. How embarrassing. 
And you know what? Like, I'm not even mad. It's funny. And you know what? Igor is a great album. So no, he's, Thanks, he's having fun with us. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Love Tyler, the creator. Love all of his creations. He's the he man. does create. He, he creates. Great. All right, I got one left. This He's, one well, is real quick though. That's interesting. Yeah. He caught on to the kind of the brotherly connection. We are not brothers, but we have no. been mistaken for brothers on many occasions. That's we true. look similar. We talk similar. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a kind of face-off mirror image type scenario happening there with was us, that so. time we tried to cut off our own faces yeah yeah um that was a long time ago yeah that would have worked if the doctor hadn't stopped us yeah um it was lucky he was walking by actually because it could have gotten uh, you know deadly um so this i saved one more the last one i think this is honestly my personal favorite the one that means the most to me uh this is from ventriloquist jeff dunham <laughs> Uh, really, really honored to know what, that he that he you know is a fan of the show and ladies, uh, ladies, don't be afraid to uh, write in or call in or leave us a message. If, yeah, it uh, seems like mostly it's dudes thus far, but yeah. there's got to be some 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 female fans out there as well. So this is what uh, Jeff Denham had to say. Uh, really, just thank you, Jeff. I, this really means a lot. Jeff Denham says this: I know a thing or two about entertainment. Look at me. I created the puppet characters Peanut, Old Man Walter, Ahmed the Dead Terrace, and Jose the Jalapeno on a Stick. So when I say I know entertainment, you can be certain I know what I'm talking about. And that is why I can't recommend the trashy podcast enough. Keith and Elliot are hilarious. If they were puppets, I would name them Dilly Bar and Sinus Infection Pete. But frankly, I wouldn't be able to recreate the magic that those two produce. And I'm Jeff fucking Dunham. That really just means a lot to me right there. Well, I'll I'll be honest. I'm not too familiar with the comedy of Jeff Dunham. Uh, did he really create a character called Ahmed the Dead Terrorist? <laughs> yep. Holy shit! <laughs> it's really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so is the jalapeno on a stick. Uh, this guy's not cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jeff. Uh, I don't really know what to say to that one. Yeah, it's a. Uh, you know, I take it back. At first, I thought it was pretty high praise, and uh, now I just feel kind of icky. Yeah, that guy's kind of, uh, I don't know. I remember him being really popular when I was in college. I remember when I was eight years old, I, I saw him like do a comedy stand-up thing on TV, and I really liked him. And then I turned nine, and I realized it wasn't so great. Well, he's had a hell of a career. Hell of a career, Jeff. Thanks again for checking out the show. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes our celebrity uh right in portion of the episode now where can other fans send in their fan mail well which the probably the best thing you could do is review us on like wherever you listen to podcasts apple podcasts uh uh, google podcasts right uh stitcher that's a thing you can listen to us on yeah even Uh, spotify spotify we're not not spotify right now are we going to join uh, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell? In, uh... I would say we'd have to, if we were making any form of money off of this, we'd have to pull the podcast from Spotify. But because we're not, I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, if anything, we're going to continue to uh, pollute their platform with uh, absolute yeah. nonsense. They'll be like, yeah, exactly. This is, you, this is, us being on there is another reason for you to get off Spotify so you don't accidentally listen to this show. Maybe they'll pay us to get off one day. Oh, my they'll God. Like, We've had enough. 
guys. Can you hit the bricks? Hell yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> um, yes, that's what you can do. Give us a review. Uh, tell your friends about us or don't. I would be embarrassed to tell my friends about this show. I don't tell them about it. So yeah, just uh, do it Just do it however you like. Anonymously, anonymous reviews, whatever you want to do. No, I love the perfect strangers that listen to the show, honestly. I look at the the metrics right of where yeah. our listeners come from all of these different towns across the united states the midwest the southwest the eastern seaboard those are my favorite people because i won't run into you anywhere at least knowingly and so i can confidently say thank you for listening and enjoying the show Absolutely. Uh, my friends my family my peers and coworkers and contemporaries I don't want my biggest fear is that, uh, you know, one day I'll go into a, uh, a pub, public place or a common area and the show will be playing. And uh, I don't want that to happen. So, no, like, yeah, like I, I'm with you on the strangers thing. Like, that's the uh, when I when someone I run into someone I know and they say, like, oh, I didn't know you had a podcast. I'm like, uh, I, I don't, I don't. I, that you haven't been confused with another, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, someone uh, with a similar name and, and voice in the backstory. And it's not me. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, that being said, we kid. Uh, we did. I mean, why did we start this podcast, Keith? It's because we love movies. Uh, for oh. me, it was like a a big excuse for us to talk more about movies. You know, like hang out more. Uh, that type of thing. You know, the year was 2016. Oh my god, that's. I had just started listening to podcasts. The only podcast I listened to with any regularity was the No Sleep podcast, which is uh, sort of a, a radio play style uh, presentation of scary stories. I, I think that what came out of a uh, came out of was born out of like Reddit or something like that. But uh, the stories are very scary, and they're pretty well performed and it was uh it was a lot of fun however uh somehow i got turned on to the how did this get made podcast Mm -hmm. starring uh, paul Shear, jason manzoukas and june diane rayfield and i was blown away by how entertaining that show was and it reminded me of the fun i had talking about movies with my friends now while neither of us are professional comedians or even all that funny it seemed like an incredibly cool idea for us to start our own show you know i I looked at the the field of uh, the sort of hierarchy of movie podcasts and i saw this awesome one that's near the top and i said why not us how about us too i think i was also listening to uh the movie crypt with uh, Joe such-and-such uh, and, such and Adam Green. You remember that one? I don't think I ever listened to that It's one. a movie crypt. Nope, don't know that one. No? Okay. So, yeah, that, w- that was kind of the the germination of the idea for the show was, uh, hey, let's do something like that. It'll be fun, right? I mean, we're already talking about movies. and yeah, it's, been a, it's been fun. It's been... Uh, uh, you know, I think we do to make lots of jokes about this show being bad and whatnot. And, you know, like, why would anyone want to listen to it? Which is true to a certain extent. But, you know, at the same time, you know, like you just named like some like, you know, how did this game made some very well produced, amazing podcast. I've listened to plenty of podcasts by actual professionals, 
you know, celebrities where it's just them mumbling and rambling like we do for much longer than we do, you know? So if the only thing that gives them more credibility is the fact that they, they're actually famous, you know, that doesn't necessarily make the content better all the time. So I think we've had our highs and our lows. I think we've had some pretty bad episodes. I think we've actually had some really great episodes that, uh, offer a unique perspective and get are insightful and are a lot of fun, you know? And certainly with a varying frequency of output. And that's why it's taken us, you know, four or five years to get to 50 episodes. The first couple of years, we were only putting out a handful of episodes a year. The difficulty in scheduling the show between the two of us is surprisingly high. Yes. Just because of our wildly opposite schedules. And so while a lot of folks may be able to get together a couple times a week to produce a show uh, for the longest time, it was hard for us just to find time once a month. Absolutely. And so there were a couple of years there where we only put out uh, a few episodes. And even during uh, 2020, I believe we only put out a few episodes. However, uh, this last year, kind of in the springtime, we decided to start uh, really being consistent and putting out shows every two weeks. And... Uh, up until the end of the year where we took a little bit of a holiday break, uh, we really stuck to that. And uh, that's been pretty cool. And it's it's yeah. awesome to look back on just the catalog of shows that we put together. And, you know, occasionally I'll go back and listen to some of them just to to kind of see where we've come from. And, you know, the, the quality and our energy and, and tone and presentation. It's uh, It's pretty cool to work on something and stay committed to it this long. I think for a good chunk of my life, there's nothing that I've ever stayed committed to. Like I wasn't a sports person. You know, I played basketball one year. I played tennis another year. Uh, I wasn't really, I was in some clubs, but nothing that I would say like was kind of like written into me or like, you know, a part of me in the same way. So it's been pretty cool being able to do this show and, you know, stick with it and never abandon it, even when it was difficult and frustrating. And, you know, it's easy to lose motivation. Uh, oh, totally. To be honest. And so the fact that we've uh, stuck by it over all this time is uh, it's kind of a big deal for me. Absolutely. And, you know, like I think we've taken, like, you know, the motivation thing for sure. It's like you got other things going on in your life. Like this isn't our job like it is for some people. And uh, I think we've taken the necessary breaks when we've needed to and come back, you know, to deliver more mediocre output, you know, so uh, more power to us. More power to us, indeed. Now, do you, have you any... are you still actively listening to any other movie podcasts? I do listen to um, How Did This Get Made Still. I listen to one called You Are Good. You know, it is kind of, it's kind of funny because in so many of these podcasts... You end, they end up talking about the same movies, you know, which I'm sure we're guilty of, of course, as well, even though we try to pick movies that don't get talked about, like, inevitably, I'm like, wait a minute, so there's a, there's a million YouTube videos on this. But I like ones that sometimes take a different perspective on those movies uh, that have been talked to about 100 times, and that's why I like the one You Are Good. It often has a pretty fresh take on stuff, or sometimes it looks at, older movies through a a more modern eye. So I enjoy those. It's so interesting to look at the gamut of shows, right? It's, there's so many like uh, obscure movie podcasts and so bad it's good and uh, shitty horror movies and X, Y, and Z, right? It's easy to be like, 
oh, look at this like goofball movie. Let's make fun of it. Uh, there are very few podcasts that are like, this is a great movie podcast or here's the only right. the Oscar winners. But now these other shows have emerged that are so hyper specific and I think are really like there's a shot on video podcast, you know, straight to video, like shot on VHS movies only they're talking about, which is that's to me is very interesting. And then also like uh, there's that Cabin Boy podcast. I forget what the name of it is, but uh, Chad's always you know, talking about it, and he's been on a, a, more than a few episodes, I think, where they dissect the movie Cabin Boy uh-huh. one minute at a time. Like, those are great ideas. Like, those yeah. are very interesting to me. And so there's there's sometimes where I wish I would have had the foresight to, like, think of a, a very specific, like, a hyper-specific purpose and, and format for the show. But I think in the long run, I think we are you know, by our very nature, movie watchers. And so being able to kind of, you know, throw things at each other that are interesting and, you know, things we haven't seen, uh, but also look back at things that we both have kind of shared and, um, you know, may may have like a a different experience with, like, you know, we kind of play off of each other in that way. And so I think having a, a broader idea for the show, uh, has given us opportunities to really like, stumble upon some great things absolutely yeah do you have any personal highlights like any episodes that really stick out in your head as being one either just fun to record or like you were actually really proud of the output that we created i'm gonna say without question the greatest episode regardless of the number of uh, uh listeners or anything like that the greatest episode we have ever created was Last Action Hero. I definitely think that's a good one. That's up there for me. The whole uh, uh, Elliot is missing when you were trapped in the movies from that that, uh, was, a, that, that was a lot of fun. Those haunted like, VHS making... tape. I think that was pretty cool. That was the the haunt. That was probably one of the most fun parts. Just making all the little lost in the movies videos and that whole like just kind of goofy premise of uh, where 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 is he followed. It. I remember like, how we were gonna have all these clues. To like how the, how to, how you could figure out the, how to find Elliot and which movie he's in, and then we just abandoned that idea entirely. Uh, but that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Um, for me, my favorites are uh, I definitely do like the Last Action Hero, the Predestination episode. I think is one of our uh, best, just because the movie is just such a gem, and I think we got you know pretty pretty good into the meat of it. The Alienation episode with Chet, which Chad Opitz guest starred on is great. And I think my favorite one to just record was uh, The Trash Heap Goes to Summer Cat, where we never even got to talking about a movie. No, we didn't talk about any movies, but we were actually at a summer camp while we recorded it. Correct. So, yeah, those those for me are definitely my, my highlights. Oh, you know what also? Min- the Midnight Special, where we went and saw Silver Bullet at the Blue Mouth Theater. And then stayed up late and recorded an episode. That was also a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, our immediate uh, reaction. Up up late under the influence. That was pretty cool. That was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. You got the Tacoma's historic Blue Mouse Theater. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you guys haven't listened to those episodes, I'd say go check them out. Yeah, our, I think our, I don't think our, our, I mean, I think we over time collectively we've gotten better, but I think our output in terms of when is the good ones, when are the bad ones, kind of goes all over the place. We have great ones from the beginning. We have crappy episodes from now um 
just depends like like you said so much about just the energy and whatnot and it's like if we're trying to cram in an episode you know when we're both tired and haven't been busy that week it gets a little harder to like really amp up the enthusiasm but whatever this is just for people we love movies and we love talking about movies and if you love movies too like just be part of the conversation you know just talk along to the the, the radio like a psychopath yeah it's always fun to listen to a podcast and just uh feel like you're a fly on the wall or you have uh some some company over you don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to engage but uh you can if you want to Absolutely. Well, uh, we got. Do we have any big plans we want to reveal for stuff coming up in the future? Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Stephen Weber, I think the uh, the next episode, very exciting, is going to be the Trash Heap tribute, toilet flush, to Stephen King, and not just Stephen King, but all the rest of the Stephen King movies. Not the popular ones or the well-known ones. We're not talking about It. We're not talking about The Shining. We're going to be talking about some of the other guys. The second and third and fourth stringers. The bench warmers. So you're you're saying movies like The Langoliers or The Mangler or Nightflyer. Those are the types of movies that could be showing up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Or uh, Storm of the Century or Trucks or maybe even Maximum Overdrive. So basically what you're saying to me is I'm going to have to watch like eight, six-hour-long made-for-TV Stephen King miniseries for this episode. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. The Stand? I don't know if people talk about The Stand or not. I'm not sure where The Stand falls. I think it... uh, I have not seen that since I was a child I think when it came out, it it was definitely... Oh, I've seen it so many times. I watch it once every couple couple times a year. Uh or once every couple years. Uh, I think when it came out, that was a big deal, and then it's just kind of gotten forgotten. So that's definitely one we can revisit for sure. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, uh, if you guys have any suggestions, things you want to see, you know, we're, like we're always choosing the stuff. Like We got plenty of ideas you're not going to like, so you might exactly. as well speak up. That's right. Um I want to thank everybody who has stuck with us uh, up on the ups and downs of quality. And uh, that's awesome. I'm glad to those who enjoy the show and those who are checking us out for the first time and blah, 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 and all that stuff you're supposed to say. But I do actually mean it. So there you go. Yeah, big thanks to all of our you know, top listeners. I see you. I can see you here on the back end in the, the data. Uh, I know you're listening. Every all of our friends in Seattle, Tacoma, Columbus, Ohio, Phoenix, Arizona, Mountain View, California, Ashburn, Oregon, San Francisco, <laughs> Moscow, easy. Oh, Gig Harbor, <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Chicago, Illinois, Dublin, Ireland, Florence, uh, Michigan. Florence, Dem- Michigan. Dem- is that where's Florence? Florence people, let me know. Where the, where the hell are you at? Des Moines, Iowa, uh, Richardson, Wisconsin. I don't Ooh. know. South Dakota, <laughs> Bend, Oregon. Oh, Bend, yeah, that's a place. Chandler, Wyoming. Chandler? Yeah. I don't know. Federal Way, Bremerton, Brussels, Belgium, Los Angeles, California, Portland, Renton, Mesa, 
Mesa, Arizona? Me. Hell yeah. Mesa. What the hell? Wow. Kent, Olympia, Singapore, China. Singapore, China? <laughs> Singapore's not in China. It's not is, there pers- a, is there another Singapore? Wait, no. Where's Singapore? Singapore? The Philippines? Singapore is an island nation. Oh. This, oh, no, it's a city-state. Well, it's listed as a city here. Tokyo, Japan, Belfair. I know I know who's listening in Belfair. Get out of here. Austin, <laughs> Texas, Redmond, Port Orchard, Issaquah, Montreal, wow. Kirkland, Philadelphia. I could go on. There's so many of you. Pacifica. Ca- Shout out to Pacifica, California. If you love your town and you live in Pacifica, California, my hat goes off to you. Uh, Menlo Park. I don't know where that is. That's awesome. New Philadelphia. We're into the the, the original 13 colonies here. What the fuck is New Philadelphia? Time travel podcast now. Wow. I never would have thought when we started this, there'd be some place, there'd be people in New Philadelphia giving us a listen. Well, okay. We we could go on forever, you know, being nostalgic and whatnot. But there you have it. We did it to 50. We're happy. We hope you're happy. We got more trash coming soon. Stay tuned. Keith, do you have anything else you want to say? Any final plugs? tributes anything i don't know follow us on youtube uh we got more knee-jerk reactions coming with the rhino and maybe elliot will hop on for uh, one of those too you never know and uh follow us on instagram at trash heat pod uh so you can see what uh, new episodes are coming we don't post very often but uh if there is important news that's where you're going to hear about it and uh yeah like elliot said thanks for listening beautiful motherfuckers one last thing if you guys haven't watched the new limited series Station Eleven? I highly recommend that you do. All episodes are streaming on HBO Max. One of the best things I've seen. I didn't bring it up because it wasn't a movie when I was listening off best shows. Yeah, or, that's or a TV movies. show, you son of a bitch. Yeah, well, I'm talking about a TV show now, and that's why I saved it for the end. Station Eleven, I love it. Made me cry. Hope you like it too. All right, so that's it. I'm done. Keith, send us out. You've seen these movies where they say, make my day or I'm your worst nightwear? Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. And until next time, the dumpster is closed. Goodbye, everyone. You said nightwear. (laughs) I'll I'll redo it. (laughs) No, leave it as is. (laughs) I'm your worst nightwear. Everybody go back to doing what you were doing.